All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of Canucks Conversation. My name is Dave Woodrelli. That is Patrick Johnson sitting in the co-host chair here at the iconic Sheraton Wall Center. Not a huge fan of Blake Price's chair. No, it's fine. I love I have to pick. Are you telling me I have to pick one of these guys? But this is also where Matt sits. It is where Matt sits, but as as our pal Matt Scaris knows, I switch the chairs every day. And then they have to switch them back every day because Matt likes this chair, but I also like this chair. Matt has good taste in chairs, Matt, I'll say that. To be clear, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, you entirely don't. young David's decision. Yeah, I walked in and moved the chairs immediately. But thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it. It's a slice. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, our technical producer is Grady Sass. Lots to get to on this edition of Canucks Conversation. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to get this off the top. Wait, when do your decorations go up for Christmas in your household? Well, I mean, I think we had a slow ro- rollout this year. We didn't end up... We, we've, since we've had kids, we've seen to sort of get the tree on like December 1st kind of thing. Also because we go to a, a local lot at least. Oh, you get a real tree. We get a real tree. So nice. um, those lots tend to run out faster now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like like first week of December, it seems to be okay. what we did this year, I think. I think we got some stuff up and then it was like Monday we got the tree. And uh, yeah. So so usually it's November 12th for me and my girlfriend. Crazy. But we did November 1st this year. <laughs> Because we both had to Why? work. Oh, because Halloween was over and yeah. it's time to move on. Immediately we got the Christmas decorations out. And I've talked a about lot this of on the show before. Day. So so this is this is my this is what I'm building towards is that I'm in the Christmas year on November first. And Christmas it's almost spirit. like I yeah. Say it's almost like I Christmas spirit. There we go. 
it's almost like I need to hit my second wind, which I haven't hit until I think today, like today you came into the office. I was blaring Christmas music. I had it going while I was doing my work. Um, I've hit my second wind of Christmas where I'm really now I'm really ready to go for You're it. Madman, David. Yeah. And today, uh, that's the title of today's episode, All the Canucks Want for Christmas. And I thought that would be a fun way for us to start today. But before we do that, we need to talk about another passion of you and I, uh, HSBC World Rugby Sevens, Western Canada's largest sporting event. And this year is the ninth time the event has visited Vancouver as part of the World Rugby Sevens series, HSBC Vancouver Sevens, where high caliber rugby and the ultimate party weekend collide. SVNS truly is a sporting event like no other and a weekend you won't want to miss. For three full days from February 23rd to 25th, BC Place is going to be the place to be. 12 women's, 12 men's, 7 teams, including two Canadian squads, take to the pitch for three full days of jam-packed rugby and partying. Tickets on sale now at van7s.com, starting from just $40 per day. David, what do you go dressed as? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Oh, of course. I ask this. I ask this to every. I've asked to Earth. I asked to Harmon. I mean, Earth would just go dressed as himself. Yeah, that's that, party. Guy. Literally, that's what he said. He shows yes, up. I'm Earth. Yeah, I'm here. I'm Earth. I'm Grady. Here. Grady. I think Grady. I've. Grady. Well, I mean, would you bring back hot hot sauce, man? Would Grady bring back hot sauce? Man? Yeah, I would go as a giant pepper there with a go. bunch of bottles yeah. taped to me, yeah. ready I think to I chug. Would do, I think I would do the banana. I think a banana costume really that's a safe. That's it, a safe bet. It tells yeah. it tells everybody like, "Hey, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> You're slippery. <laughs> I'm slippery. Watch out. Full of potassium. <laughs> Watch out, and I'm full of potassium. How about you? Have you you've obviously well, gone. I've only ever gone as a rugby journalist, so I don't know. Uh, so what do you wear for that costume? <laughs> my, what what you see? <laughs> my JD Burke tribute hat. Um. Yeah, no, I think, well, one year, my a bunch of buddies went as uh, Guy Fieri's. They were all had oh, the wigs awesome. on. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, that was a year I definitely felt left out. I think we're going to have some rugby guests uh, on the show in the lead up rugby from uh, Team Canada. So I think we'll, uh, we'll have to have you back as well, a co-host. If you have Phil Berna on, you have to ask him about getting coached by me because it's a trick question. Okay. Where did you coach rugby? I coached at Kits and then I coached the Van West U16s for four or five years. Okay. So when you had the 16 year olds. No, no, no. Did, but I'm saying like, Ask Phil about that I know, experience. I will, and, but I'm going to ask you a question about coaching rugby. Okay. Maybe it was because I was 14 when I played rugby. Yeah. Did everybody laugh when you described the hooker position? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, yes, but they already <laughs> seem to know about it when they show up. So. I still laugh at that. still makes me laugh. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay, actually. David, this is a 14-year-old boy. This Just is a good. been confirmed. <laughs> this is a good transition, actually, uh, because yesterday the Canucks had a little holiday skate for media and yes. we, had a, we had a blast yeah people want to hear about our lives no no no. but this is this That's is the transition I, I always find it so interesting in rugby how there's so much respect with for the referee and yes. it's always you call them sir yes. and yes. all that sort of stuff i noticed this on the canucks bench and pull this up grady and for those on the podcast i'll describe it uh the canucks on their bench all through the bench have the names the first names of the referees oh yeah written down yeah. i find that so interesting i well, yeah i think that's so cool that's a, what is this a regular thing that everybody knows about except for me no i'm not surprised to see that they have that noted down i just because think that's so an cool. item that the coach wants to know who's this guy who's 46 I, okay so now i'm wondering is this a talking thing or was this around I think most travis coaches, i think most coaches are like that interesting i'm, whether whether I'm not ask... on the bench i can't say but i certainly yeah. have seen i mean i can't cite one off the top of my head but i've certainly seen examples interesting i'm gonna ask uh... having notes like that like who's the who's who's the, who are the officials tonight someone yeah. knows i like it i'm gonna ask uh, rick about it if that's a yeah i think that's a great thing. dave 
That'd be a great question. Thank take you. Take us in. Take us behind the scenes. That's what fans want to know. I think Talkit listens to little every little journalism lesson for you. Yeah, I think Talkit listens to every episode. I'm sure. He um, does. So hopefully he has his answer ready to go. Okay, a little fun exercise for us before we preview uh, the Vancouver Canucks against the Dallas Stars. That's going to be our last segment today. Uh, our first segment is all I want for Christmas. Pat, obviously you know Santa's real. Yeah. Um, what do you want Santa Claus to leave under the tree at Rogers Arena for those Vancouver Canucks? Well, let's go for the big present. Like, let's just lead off. They want that second line, uh, second top six forward. I think that's the realistic chase. Yep. I don't know how. I mean, obviously they want a defenseman, but yeah, top six, top six forward, top six forward. I was looking around at this under the tree. I was looking around at this because. You need it under the tree, so it doesn't mean that you're spending to get it. Like you don't, Santa Claus isn't demanding a first no. round pick. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. We were talking about like your dream gift. Yeah, I think it's Elias Lindholm. Put Elias Lindholm under the tree at Rogers Arena. That's bold. How is that bold? Think about it this way, okay? I mean, it's the kind of guy they need. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying. I I just don't know how they didn't. If you want to talk about cost, if you're I just said Santa's not. Santa doesn't collect first round picks. You leave out some cookies and you're good. Ask your no no about getting you presents. If there's no cost, like there's going to be a cost. He's probably going to be the biggest trade deadline target, I would say. Uh, Pending UFA at $4.85 million for this year. It it would be hard for the Canucks to fit him in. And obviously, that acquisition cost is going to push you away. But if you could have anything for Christmas, it's a play driving winger to play with Elias Pettersson and for for Elias Lindholm if you go acquire him all of a sudden you have and I was talking about this with Earth yesterday about how they've been using JT Miller in the matchup role over Elias Pettersson all season long mm. and one thing Earth cited was don't discount that JT Miller is better than Elias Pettersson at faceoffs Elias yeah. Lindholm would really clean that up if you go to the lotto line formation where and Elias Lindholm's great defensively, don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you have Elias Lindholm... He has legit selfie votes. Absolutely. I had him on my ballot uh, two years ago. Um, if Elias Lindholm's out there to take the face off, you have two guys who can play the defensive role mm. of a center mm. if you need them to, just like they had with the lotto line where JT Miller would take the draws and Elias right. Patterson would rotate and become the center on that line. So it's it's a fit. It's a fit. And it's ex- it's exactly the kind of guy they need. The, the thing, though, I would say at the same time is that you know, is he is what's the incremental gain over like, I don't know, Pia Suter. You've kind of already done that by having Suter there as an extra option to take draws. And Pedersen, your guy Pedersen, yep. as you've revealed before, mm-hmm. stiffer stick, wanted to win more faceoffs, right, yep. David? Is that remember yep. remember, remember your story? I do. Um th- th- there is that he wants to be better. He is definitely better on faceoffs. You're absolutely right. Like not every faceoff matters, right? But some do matter a lot. Um and so finding another guy to take those high leverage draws. Yes. I totally get that. I absolutely get that. I'm just not 100, 100% convinced that, you know, Lindholm, I mean, Lindholm is the kind of guy, but like, is that the only reason to get him? Is there someone else who's Can as similarly feel that, yeah. as much? I don't know. I do think the the current suitor experiment, I think is really interesting. Yeah. I think you still would rather have him down the lineup. I'd rather have a forward because what are you replacing? You're not replacing Pia Suter. You're replacing like Nils Oman. Yeah. Like a guy that's going to take over yep. 
on in that top six, push Suter back to the third or yeah. fourth line, like where you really ideally want him to be. Because that's when you're in the Canucks' position, that's what you want to be doing, right? You yeah. want to add guys to the top that pushes people down. Exactly. And that's what good teams have. And yeah. that's what that's depth, right? Like yeah. that's depth, yeah. and you need that during the playoffs. And the one thing I'll say is as much as we're talking about how this team is a wagon and they're going to the president's trophy, they're going to the cup <laughs> final, like just imagine and knock on wood wherever you want it, folks. Just imagine you're in a playoff round and you lose a top six. Hell, imagine you lose Teddy Bluger. Like, yeah, exactly. Imagine you well, lose Teddy Bluger that, or I mean, any center. And and that's in 2011, right? Like, that's the story. It wasn't – they added Max LaPierre. They were always wanted to add Max LaPierre, and it was good they had Max LaPierre because they lost Manu Malhotra, right? Yep. Like, that. that's why you do stuff like that. Uh, ideally, obviously, you have everybody in the lineup, and that's what you're trying to build. And you're trying to build this maximum roster flexibility. Yeah. Um, and having more guys who can play at the top is better because that means some of them are going to play down the lineup. Grady had something for us. I'm going to steal this from one Blake Price today. He mm-hmm. was floating the name Jake Gensel. Now, when you first hear that, you're like, whoa, that's big game hunting. But to me, that depends on where the Penguins are going to be at closer to the deadline. He's a pending UFA. Um, Talkett, obviously, familiar with him. Same thing with Rutherford Alvin. Really all depends on where they are in the standings. If Pittsburgh is willing to sell pieces off. Now he is a winger. He's not going to be playing in the center spot. Um, Blake floated, you know, a potential Kuzmenko plus whatever else you have to add on to that. That might be too rich. A guy that I mentioned last week, Lawson Kraus, another guy that played for Mm -hmm. Rick Tockett. Now, just like uh, Pittsburgh, where is Arizona going to be at the deadline? I've seen some people float out the name Travis Konecny in Philly. Of course, they're in a playoff spot. Um, so it's it, it's such a tough year this year because the middle to lower end of the standings, there's a log jam. And how many teams are really going to actually be sellers come the deadline? So that's a really good point, Grady. You got to find a kind of fit those prototypes that are going to fit into a target system. Yeah. I think all three of those guys would, but you're going to have to pay an arm and leg for them. And we the thing know... with Kraus is he's got some term, whereas Gensel's UFA. Yeah. I think connect. He's got some time left too. So, I mean, we... the thing with a guy like Gensel though, like, you know, obviously he'll be probably, a, if he gets traded, he would be pursued after trade chip. But at the same time, the fact he's UFA lowers the price. Yeah. I wonder what it yeah. would cost. And the Kuzmenko swap idea, I just, Find that curious. You do obviously have to add pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think I, 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 I'm, I am a big fan of Andre Kuzmenko as a personality. I enjoyed watching him play this year, but two things have really started to stand out to me, and that's the foot speed aspect. And and I mean, Corey Schneider, shutdown line, who's done great uh, data tracking for years, um, pushing out a a graphic today, pointing out basically who is and who isn't creating things, uh, creating scoring chances, and. Kuzmenko's bottom of the pile. Yep. Like he's just not creating anything. And I think some of that is maybe related to the foot speed. Maybe that's lack of confidence, whatever it is. But, you know, there's a player that I think teams understand a lot better than they did last year. And the, 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 you know, the challenge is now on him, right? Like that's, that, that is many ways what Rick Tockett has been pointing out as well is like Kuzmenko's got to figure out. He, he, these are the skills he has. He's going to have to figure out a way to, to make himself more useful. Cause right now, I mean, two games in a row now, we've saying, well, he's, not as useful as Phil Giuseppe. Like that's a pretty big statement. And and when one team is thinking that way, you're not selling high on that player to anybody else. So Cody Sievertson just wrote it for Canucks Army. It's not published yet. He just told me about it and I saw the title. <laughs> but he dove into the NHL edge stats with Phil Giuseppe and Andre Kuzmenko. Mm-hmm. And him and I were just texting about it. And, and we're, we're going to preview the game shortly, folks. But 
Spoiler alert, uh, Andre Kuzmenko was out of the lineup once again in Dallas with the Canucks, electing to go with Phil Giuseppe. And basically, Cody broke down why Phil Giuseppe got that shot. And when Cody and I were texting about it, he just said, like, NHL is just showing that Phil Giuseppe is hustling way harder than Kuzmenko has all season. And again, I haven't read it. It's not published yet because uh, we did we ran out of time to publish it. We just ran out of time. I mean, there's there's enough stuff that you can point to, whether it's data or just watching, right? Like you can mm-hmm. just watch Giuseppe. You know that he, you know, his finishing isn't there. He's not as a creative, you know, puck handler. But you know the thing he does really well, and I I wrote a story about this. Can I hype my own stuff? Of course, yeah. At yeah. theproblems.com earlier this year, Phil Giuseppe is the best forechecker on the Canucks. Yep. like that is his skill. That's what's got him in the lineup. Um, and and had him on the the Miller Besser line to start the season. And it's what's got Niels Hoglander on that well, line, right yeah. Now and, too. and you know he's got the pack. He's got the he's put the package together. He's yeah, got the course. hands. He's got the hands that, and he probably has better wheels. Um, but 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 Giuseppe, like that makes you see it, and then you look at the numbers and you can see the difference, and you can see the things he does. And like, like Kuzmenko's not that player. Like that's the thing. Yeah, that's the that's the challenge in all this. And um, you know the. the the way he was attached to the hip with Pedersen last year, like he could finish he, yeah. there, the, the number of goals he scored. I mean, obviously we know he was never going to score at the rate he scored at last year, but I still thought coming into the season, he'd be a 20, 25 goal scorer because of things, you know, he, he was such a good finisher right in front of the net. He was amazing at tipping the puck. Um, and neither of those elements have really been much evidence mm-hmm. this year. And, and, and we're seeing in the numbers, it's not even that he's not playing as much. It's that even when he's on the ice, nothing's happening. And that's something he needs to figure his way out of, you know, Dan Milstein taking the high road. I mean, I, I texted with him, shout out Josh Griffin's forgetting the quote, but like I texted with Dan as well. And Dan's like, yeah, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Yep. Taking the high road. He's like, I believe in my player. He's obviously, I don't imagine this is the first time he's played faced adversity or had to figure things out. You look at the course of his career in Russia, you know, the last couple of years or the last couple of years were very successful. And I think a lot of it was down to him finding his game, working on his game. Like he's got high, he's got, he's a, he knows how to do it. It's just now going out and doing it. Yeah. I found it interesting. Uh, that stat you cited from Corey Schneider, not the Canucks backup goalie. You, you're telling me, I'm not sure you're telling the <laughs> truth, but um, that stat was so interesting because it almost highlights that Elias Pettersson needs the opposite of Andre Kuzmenko right yeah, now right. on his line. And that's a play driving winger, somebody that can get him the puck, somebody that can create that offense where Pettersson has a chance to be the finisher on that line at times. And, you know, obviously Kuzmenko just hasn't had that this year. So for my all I want for Christmas is we loop it back to this loosely constructed segment. Uh, my number one wish for Santa to leave under the tree at Rogers Arena is a winger for Elias Pettersson. A play driving winger for Elias Patterson. Uh, You're getting really specific. Like I said, I just wanted a top six. I don't want why. Okay. No, no, that's fine. No, no, I love <laughs> it. And I'm just saying, you want something specific. I do. I, I want it for Elias Patterson. Okay. I want it for Elias Patterson. And the reason I want Elias Lindholm is so that Elias Patterson can start to play matchup role and I don't have okay. to hear about okay. this JT Miller, blah, 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 <laughs> all this stuff. Anyways, um, I love it. Yeah. I, what, all I want for, all I want for Christmas is for Santa to make people shut up. Um, Okay, we're going to get to... Do you have anything else that you no, wanted to get to for no, the All I, I Want for Christmas? Think, okay. I think that nails uh, We're going to get to anyone else presented by our friends at DoorDash. But quickly, I have to tell you, because this is urgent, folks. I have to tell you about the VGH Millionaire 
lottery. You have until midnight, Friday, December 22nd, to get in on 51 early bird draws in the VGH Millionaire Lottery. These early bird draws are worth more than $200,000. Win an Audi e-tron GT or a private jet experience that includes 20 grand in cash or $125,000 plus 50 winners will win it will win 1000. With your VGH Millionaire Lottery tickets, you get in to win one of 10 grand prize options, or you can take $2.7 million in tax-free cash. Don't forget to get your 50-50-plus tickets. Every ticket purchase supports VGH and the UBC Hospital Foundation. Order in person at Lung Drugs or online at MillionaireLottery.com. 19 plus to play. Know your limit. Play within it. And now I have to do another ad read for... DoorDash, because it's time for anyone else presented by our friends at DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved in his up in the YouTube live chat. It's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's right. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's all capital letters, NATION, and the numbers 25. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms do apply. Get your anyone else's in, folks. We're doing the segment a little bit early today. Uh, I had an anyone else. Anyone else curious what the Canucks are going to do for Saturday's reindeer games during the first intermission uh, featuring the Canucks players' dogs? In past years, it's been the top dog race where the dogs start at the red line and they race red line to red line. <laughs> and uh, Delilah Demko, my goodness, it's I, I'm convinced that Thatcher Demko is taking what he's learning from Ian Clark and applying it to his dog training <laughs> because my goodness, Delilah Demko can motor like that. I, yeah, I just, you've seen those videos of the great American kennel club or yeah, whatever it's called yeah, where the yeah. greyhounds are just like yeah. going and I <laughs> knock off my headphones there, but like Delilah Demko can move. Is it possible they're changing? Like they're going away to the race because Delilah was winning too much. Yeah. And they feel bad. They, for the other dogs. they feel bad for the other dogs. Yeah, well, that's that's so what, what I'm trying to figure yeah, out. What, what, I mean, you know, they could maybe they're doing the maybe they're doing you know agility races, things like that. Like, can they go through the sticks? How well, because there's that. Well, Delilah would mow uh, with they, that uh, too. Are they right? doing a demonstration? One of the maybe one of the. I mean, I'm sure there's new dogs involved, right? Maybe one of the new dogs is uh, really good at catching frisbees, or you know, frisbee catch. Is it mean to say that sometimes I notice certain players had dogs with similar bad habits that they have on the ice? That's uh, that's really digging into it, Dave. Yeah, I'm not gonna get not gonna get into the dog analysis and start ripping the dogs yeah, and their do owners. That. But I'm curious what this event's gonna look like because I was thinking about if my dog was in it, if little Bert was in it. Look, he's quick. He's <laughs> real quick for a little guy. Like he's really fast. But I don't think he could beat beat Delilah, right? Delilah's Delilah's got the long legs. Delilah's. I, I would. Delilah's going to see... crush that race again. So I think they might have changed it because if you put Bert in a sniffing contest, <laughs> like. Bert's really good at that. Like if you cover stuff and there's a treat under one thing and there's something he can smell, he's good at like identifying it. And I taught him the drug dog thing because I got tired of losing his balls in the apartment. So if he loses a ball under the couch or under the countertops, he'll just go lie down in front of it because that's how drug dogs identify right. when they see drugs. So I saw how they train the drug dogs and I basically taught him how to do that whenever he loses a toy underneath something because I was cleaning under the couch. I found like five balls and I'm like, these are where these are all going. So now if he loses a ball, he goes and lies down and waits for me to see him lying down. And then I go get his ball, but um, he'd be good at that. He'd be good at that, but that's it. (laughs) 
I've never thought, I mean, my, my mom used to have a dog and she probably would have done like running fast in circles if they had a competition for that. She mm. would have been good, but no, I, I, uh, I don't want, I, I just want to see them. I want to see them. I want to see their dogs and I want to see what they can do. And I'm excited. I am excited. Credit to the Canucks for trying new different things. They've done yeah. this a few times this year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Switch it up. Let's go. Yeah. I, uh, I think I owe Wyatt a game uh, because there was some controversy, controversy on this set. We were talking about it, uh, the day of the Luongo bobblehead night, I read Wyatt and I text. Oh, is that what you remember it as? The Luongo bobblehead night. Well, nothing I'm else giving, happened. Because I'm gave, giving Wyatt the bobblehead. They gave out bobbleheads. I'm nothing giving else Wyatt happened. the bobblehead because he deserves it. He he deserves it. But we, uh, I think I owe Wyatt a game, a fun game. And look, Sharks in town right before Christmas. If there's any any day where Rick Tockett, where the players are just going to be in the best mood possible for Wyatt and his questions that he wants to ask, there's the game right there. And you get to see the dogs race. I think I'm going to give this one to Wyatt, but we'll see. I'm excited to see what this reindeer games is, man. I've been looking at, I saw they posted it today. Um, the reindeer games. I'm really curious what it's going to be. Really? Yeah. Are you not excited about it? Not really. You're, you're going to sit there and watch the San Jose sharks play the Vancouver Canucks. And that's no, what you're going to pay attention just, to. I'm, I'm, you know, if you really want me, if you want me to talk about things that I'm feeling selfish about, I'm, I'm ready for Christmas break to start. That's fair. So I just I mean, if I'm being really cruel hearted and cold, <laughs> it's that this is that the, the reindeer games delay us that much from getting to the end. Like they're just, they're they're. I want to get to the end. Wow. No, I don't actually. I'm, I'm bah humbug. I won't, you know me, David. Are I get, you the guy I get that's the booing admission. the Timbits no, minor you, hockey players? No, the first I absolutely time? not. Absolutely not. I can't. I cheer those kids on. As I've told many people, that's I, I scored my first goal in your mission. I have a Canucks game in 1989. Break down the play for us. I don't remember. I it. didn't zero work. I pushed off from the bench, glided, managed to get to the net. I was playing on line with a guy named Ryan Thrussell, who did all the work. Mm. That and sounded I, like me I and you in, passing pucks banged, to each other. I banged in the rebound. I banged in the loose puck, my first ever goal. I my got dad to shoot said 10,000 people cheered for me. It's all downhill <laughs> from there. I got to shoot a puck for the first time on ice in my life yesterday and, and at Rogers David Arena. didn't fall over. No, I didn't. And I was shooting left-handed, and I'm right-handed because they only impressive. had... Uh, Anthony Bovillier and Travis Dermott sticks was all we had. Oh, the other stick was a Dermott stick. Yeah, it was Dermott. Oh, yeah, because okay. they were both my height. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Uh, anyone else? Do we have any in here, Grady? Oh, yeah, we do. Grady, put them in the chat and we've ignored them. Okay. This one. Okay. This one is from Elton C., who's responding to our question about Christmas presents for the Vancouver Knights. Consistent defense, capitalization on the power play, and depth. Hey, Pat, let's actually uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Are you at all worried about the Vancouver Canucks power play? No. No? Why is that? Because JT I, Miller has been for three weeks. Yeah, but he's worried about everything, to his credit. So you're not worried at all? No. I mean, It I, cost him in Minnesota. They have a, like a league-leading power play. I'm not worried about their power play. Yes. But be, look at their power play over the past three weeks is my uh, point. No. Let me put it this way. I, <laughs> as I have done every year since Quinn Hughes joined this team, so this is four going on four years now. Mm-hmm. And around this time, in fact, I asked Quinn. We were in Minnesota. I said, Quinn, a lot of people have been saying they're worried about your power play. What do you say? And he goes, Shut he up, just, quads. He basically was just like, We'll be fine. We were, we were, we were good before. We'll be good again. It was very zen. I'm not worried about their power play. That's a good answer from yeah. a future captain. <clears throat> yeah, yeah okay. it was it was brilliant. I'm not I'm not worried about him at all. This one from Kron. Right, at, at, at all. And I'll pose it to you, Patrick. Does it feel Karn. like JT 
No, no, I've been corrected. Trust me. I called him Karen once and I got corrected for oh, okay. that. Yeah. Um, this one from Karan. Does it feel like JT has lost that strong defensive play from earlier in the season? Maybe they are leaning too hard on him in a matchup role. Well, we know that historically he has not been a great defensive player. Um, the one thing I would point out is that we have not seen the same amount of sort of gaffes that we have seen in past years. You know, and I'm not just talking about like the video in Calgary uh, last year of him, the, the terrible back check. I'm thinking about the, sort of the, the bad turnovers on breakouts, the, the passes to the wrong stick. We just haven't seen as many of those. Um, you know, I, I last week, you know, I, last Thursday, I was the guy after the game that said, hey, listen, you didn't play a lot tonight. Is that going to help you over the next week? That's all I was going for. I wasn't actually kind of going, hey, I didn't think you played, bro. I didn't actually think he played that badly. No, yeah. But he came out and said I was awful or thereabouts yep. and was really hard on him and his line and said quite clearly we need to be better you know we thank goodness the rest of the team picked up the slack but like if we're going to be the matchup matchup line we have to be better so i think he agrees with karen like yeah that's actually a great right? way to like, put it he agrees with your assessment i i yeah you want the players to be getting better i mean we heard rick talk talk the other day about uh the lot of meetings we know JT Miller is seems to enjoy these meetings. Big meeting guy. He's a big meeting guy. Um, yeah, I, I I would say on the whole, like I've never thought, oh wow, what a great. I, let me put it this way: I've never said, oh man, JT Miller was absolutely dominant defensively. But I, I my assessment is true is like this for most players: did they do anything? You went, oh man, what a mess, mm-hmm. right? And and he hasn't had that. And so, a lot of times he did in the past. Yeah, and he and he hasn't had that. So on the whole, I would say on the whole, he is improved. Whether he's not playing as well lately, sure, I could buy that. Um, I, partly because I think it's inevitable given how, I think, fatigue. I mean, they're coming to an end of an incredible run of games, right? Like every other night basically since the end of October. Um, and when you only have one day off between games, like that's really hard to recover the, the, the demands on the body that an NHL game puts on you. And, and certainly we know that Rick talk, I mean, part of what Rick talk is trying to do is he tried to design a system that will make things. He, when he says predictable, he really means he doesn't want guys to do anything more than they have to, but he wants them to do what they have to, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of that is that repeatability doing things over and over and over again. But the longer you do that, inevitably, the more tired you get. And when you get tired, you make more mistakes. And so um, it's not really a half credit answer, but but I would be, would not have been surprised if we had seen mistakes creep into Miller's game. Um, I have no doubt there's small little ones that, you know, you find on endless video review. But in the big picture, yep. uh, I think he's doing fine. And look at how much time off the Canucks are going to have in the next like as of tomorrow as of tomorrow right <laughs> yeah. like they fly home they've got the game on saturday they're off till they're actually january they, 2nd uh, well they play one game right they play on on next next thursday but i'm just saying like they're actually literally off the ice until next wednesday yes and so they have a bunch of days off then they have a game then they're off for a bunch more days right like they've got one game in a week and it's that's going to do wonders for the recovery um, they obviously go out on that huge, tough road trip in in uh, in January, but then they get more time off. Yeah, um, they they have come through such a, a a gauntlet that overall, like if they don't come out in January out of this with an incredibly good record, then it's time to be worried. I'm not even if even if I were perceiving issues in Miller's game, like big picture things, I wouldn't be worried right now. I will be worried in a month. 
I like that. I like that take. Okay, here, here's one I want to throw. I just you. wanted to chime in quickly on that. PJ, and then when we talked about this a little bit with Lindholm, yeah. with the trade possibility, do you think this team needs a true shutdown center kind of going down into the stretch run into the playoffs? Or do you think they can get by with Miller, Suter, and Bluger? Because we haven't really had enough of a sample with all three of those guys right. in the lineup together, right? Well, I mean, it is, it's not just about obviously the one guy anymore. It's about how well you're playing your system. And as I think we've all observed, right? Like the the way the, the Canucks just haven't been breaking down defensively the same way they did last year or the year before. Uh, the the cross ice pass when when those cross ice passes get through from the other team we notice them because they've been so rare uh, and and that was that is what I would say overall um, is the issue I I, I think I, I absolutely get the idea of I mean that goes back to what I said before you just want to add more guys right and I think that's why Lindholm makes your team or a guy like Lindholm would make your team better um, but I, I also I like your point, Grady. Like I am interested to see if they can get a bit of a go here with all those guys in the lineup. They haven't had that. How it works, you know. Obviously, they've taken Miller off the penalty kill, right? Like that's an example. Will that will that make the penalty kill that much better? And I and that's what we're going to see. I mean, I think I think that's the interesting things to see. You know, especially as the season wears on. And and like I said, they've come through this hard stretch now they have a chance to actually kind of leverage some of that rest and how will talk use that and will you know miller get back involved in the penalty killer or is that is that uh is that era over and i'd be curious too to see if they go back to pd at all in a line matching role i mean or at least rotate him here and there right but then you have to wonder Okay, is he playing with Kuzmenko or is he getting right. Lafferty McKay? He needs more from his wingers. That's yeah. the conversation. But, you yeah. know, McKay yeah. can play that kind yeah. of defensive matchup yeah. role. So, well, McKay can do that and Suter can do that. Like that line, that line as it's yeah. set up is Good a great goal. two-way yeah. line. But you're right, quads. Like you want, I mean, I, I think PSU is a really cool experiment. But, but um, if, if Andre Kuzmenko is not going to be the guy there, you got to find somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why Santa Claus come through. Uh, this Phil one. Kessel? There you go. We threw it out. Uh, Logan Van Dyke got it right that time. Asked, can we just ask Santa to lace them up for the Canucks? <laughs> Buddy lives at the North Pole. Yeah. He's got to be a yeah. beast yeah. on ice. Santa will be at the game on Saturday. Again, I don't know why I'm sending Wyatt to this game. I guess I do really owe him. should have thought ahead. I should have. I should have because I'm missing Santa. He missed Luongo. I missed Santa. You should've, tell me which yeah, is well, worse. You know what? I've already given you my thoughts on not having <laughs> the game. Um, okay, this one. If Kuzmenko doesn't play the Sharks game, he's in serious trouble. I I think I agree with that. Like, yeah, like, he can't even get in against the Sharks. I mean, obviously the Sharks have improved their play, but like they're still the worst. Terrible. The worst thing. The worst thing. The worst possible outcome for Andre Kuzmenko tonight is the line of Nils Amon, Sam Lafferty, and Phil Giuseppe puts up like three goals at even strength. Yeah. That's the worst yeah. possible outcome. Yeah, for Andre well Kuzmenko. Put. Yeah, I think that's really well put. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. I'm obviously exaggerating, but if that line does have a good game, like all three of those guys legitimately have a really solid game, especially at five on five. That's where I keep coming back to Pat is against Nashville. It wasn't like talk. It was trying to send a message. It was no, no, this is my best lineup to right. beat a team that has won 13 of their last 16 games. Dallas is equally hot. And as I say that let's transition out of anyone else and into our preview uh, of this evening's game against the Dallas Stars because they are also a pretty hot team as of late. Jake Ottinger's not going to be in net for them tonight, so that should help the Canucks. But again, another really solid team that yeah. you're looking at it if you're Rick Talkett and saying, 
yeah, I know what I'm getting from Vildi Giuseppe on that fourth line at five on five. And hey, you know what? Our power play wasn't doing too well with Kuzmenko. So what have you done for me lately? Not very right. much. Right. Vildi Giuseppe uh, in the lineup tonight. Andre Kuzmenko is not. And I find that, again, when your coach is icing your be- his best lineup and he views that as without the guy that you just extended on a two-year deal, right? that's not good for the organization. But also, I'm not trying to pin blame on anybody here. It's just a bad situation yeah. right now uh, all around. Because, look, Rick Tockett's not wrong when he says my best lineup is one that doesn't include Andre Kuzmenko. He's clearly not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's clearly not wrong. They beat the Nashville Predators, mm-hmm. and they might just beat the Dallas Stars tonight. We'll get to that in my bet way well, better why would, But why would you even mess with a winning lineup, right? And Especially spe- one that won like they won the way they did yeah. in Nashville. And playing a team like Dallas, who's heavier, who's pretty good defensively, and who's going to be in the mix as one of the top dogs in the West. So well, and, I totally get uh, yeah, it. Yeah, and the team that's playing as well. I mean, they yeah. got five guys on heaters right now. Yeah. Right. Like Marchman, Sagan, Dodonov, Duchesne, Harley all have points in three or four of their last game. Yeah. You know, three of their at least three of their last games. Like this is a team that is there's a reason why playing in Dallas is always tough. And it's because the stars are good. Mm-hmm. And because um they have a lot of depth in that lineup. I've always been a big admirer of the way they play, no matter who the coach has been, but with Pete DeBoer, I mean it, Rick Tockett isn't the only big fan of Pete DeBoer coach teams. I, I really enjoy watching him play. They're really detailed mm-hmm. and they really push they really push you at all times. I mean, they play the way Tockett really wants his team to be. You know, this is this he did, he said this morning he didn't want to make it a measuring stick, but I mean this is yet another measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Canucks have Canucks have feasted on bad teams in this league. Yep. They've struggled against better teams, but this is a this is the kind of matchup that that you know you can get a sense of where they are right now and and where they want to get to and how far along they are towards that destination. Thatcher Demko starts the last time he started against the Dallas Stars, he pitched a shutout. So we will see uh, how he does tonight on this measuring stick. I hope I didn't just jinx it. That no, doesn't right. count. Don't worry doesn't about count. It. I don't think. Don't worry. Uh, okay, some quick stats that I pulled up just looking back at the recent history between these two teams. The Canucks haven't lost to the Stars. Since 2019. Did you know that? What? They haven't lost to the Stars since 2019. In Dallas? No, no, no. At all. The last... Was the last time they lost the midday game on a Saturday? Uh, I didn't look that up. I was there. That's why why I can't believe it's that long ago. It checks out that you would have been there because it was November 19th in Dallas. I don't know the Stars. Oh, no, I wasn't at that game. But 2019? Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Really? Yeah. That was the last time they lost... Grady, fact check that real mine, quick. Mine, no, I'm I, on it. I'm yeah, on. I mean, Cody they had that tweet today. I thought so. Yeah, that's so. Amazing. I looked up some things that were happening during that time. Oh, "Sucker" by Jonas Brothers. You know that song? I'm a sucker for you. That was a. Oh you, yeah, that can one. You sing, Grady. Wow. That was pretty good. That was, that was Drance like. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, <laughs> Drance. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, that was the top song. "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." That movie yep, that I haven't seen. What? No, I haven't seen it. Come on, quads. You, you know I haven't seen a lot of movies. Come on, quads. Uh, everyone was getting their learner's permits. Congrats, quads. Learning how to shave for the first time. No way. Uh, <laughs> just, it, just looking at that game log, they have beat them, you know, handsomely too. Yep. What was it? Eight games in a row? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're all been, all been more than one goal wins. Yeah. Except for one of them, so. Canucks yeah. played the Stars twice that season in 2019-20, uh, losing both times. November 14th, they lose 4-2, and then just a few days that's later, the, okay, that's the home game. Six that's to the one. home game I'm thinking of. Yeah, six to one. Bo Horvat scored the lone goal as the Stars get two goals from Jamie Ben, Miro Haskinen, 
Taylor Fadoon, Corey Perry, and former Canuck, Justin Dowling. Taylor Fadoon's a former Canuck. Yeah, but Justin Dowling is more recent. More more interesting. Way more interesting. Yeah. I like Justin Dowling. Um, Thursday night. I don't know what game I'm thinking of then. Anyway. And then they were due to play them one last time that season mm, on March hap- 30th, did, but it did happen. not happen. That's too bad. And they would have had Tyler Toffoli in that game. They would have had Tyler Toffoli. Maybe that there was, just in case anybody cares, that season there was going to be a fourth. That was, they, they wore the skate, but like the, the throwback skate three times that season and there was going to be a surprise fourth game and i don't know which game it was maybe it was going to be that game maybe it was going to be that could have been could have been and since then the canucks have not lost to the dallas stars uh but tonight the vancouver canucks are playing their fourth game in six nights dallas is 3-0-1 in their last four games at home like i said jake ottinger isn't starting in goal and we've already established that this canucks team is a president's trophy stanley cup favorite now (laughs) They're a wagon. I don't know. David. I don't know where I'm leaning uh, on this game, but I, I'm leaning toward a victory. And I usually I have the vibes. I, I'm a real big vibes guy on this show, Pat. Um, yeah, vibes are always the way to base your analysis for sure. Yeah, it's it's very funny because Harmon. I'm t- trying to teach Harmon how to listen to his gut because Harmon will get asked a question, and be like, "I have to do more research," and I'm just like, "Answer." And like, yeah, but your sixty percent of the time, I'm right every time. You can't make a numbers guy go by his gut. Come yeah, on. what are you talking it, about? It's a good partnership, though, Harmon and I, because I make, Harmon, I make Harmon use his gut, and he makes me use my brain, or he tries to. Um, I'm not taking that one. That's anything, a big softball right there. I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> uh, anything about this game that intrigues you? Anything you wanted to mention about the Stars? And the well, Canucks I mean, I, I'm fascinated by the start. Can the Stars beat the Canucks finally, I guess, is the question. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, 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 like I said, I, I, I just go back to what I said originally, which is I'm just, I, I'm impressed. I'm always impressed by the way the stars play, the way this lineup is humming. I mean, 18, eight and four, mm-hmm. that's a good team. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a top team. That's a team that there's a reason why these guys have been in the, the playoff in the sort of Stanley Cup mix the last, you know, four years. Um, it's a strong, well built team. A lot of, lot of underrated guys on that lineup. Like you look, just you know, look at the top of their scoring list. I mean, Jamie Ben having another great season. Um, Matt Duchesne is just some sort of extra player they have. Like that's so that's that's just that's it's so impressive to me. Thirty nine year old Joe Pavelski leading them in scoring, unstoppable. Yeah. yeah, like unstoppable. Um, you know, Jason Robertson. Obviously, everyone everyone is knows what he's about. I mean, there's a reason why the guy has gotten MVP votes the last few years. Tyler Sagan, like another, you're like, oh, right. He's, you know, I, I don't think people forget about it, but you're like, right. And, you know, yet another guy in the depth, Mason Marchman, who I'm a huge fan of, actually threw a Selkie vote out a couple of years ago. Um, it, it's a tough team. Miro Heiskanen, who everyone knows about. Wyatt Johnston, no relation, but was a really great rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that has a lot at the top still. And they found some new guys in the likes of Robertson, in the likes of Johnston. Um, Harley. Harley, yeah, absolutely. Like, just just finding guys to fill in spots. And um, Stan Coven's coming. Yeah, They've that, done a like, great that's, job at like, yeah, I mean, building that's the thing. young they talent. Got Stan Coven. That uh, draft, that one yeah, draft. Yeah, you know, there's guys. And, like, their challenge getting those guys in the lineup they've got a couple other young guys is they've got to make some cap space. Yep. Right. Like what a dilemma to have. How do we get these young guys who are ripping up the AHL into the roster, into the lineup? So, you know, they're, they're, they're a very interesting team. Um, 
you know, Scott Wedgwood is an interesting choice to start in goal. Um, but you know what? Throw a curveball at the Canucks, see how it goes. Yeah, we will see how it goes. See if they fare better than they have since uh, everybody was getting their learner's permits back yeah. in nineteen, <laughs> back in 2019. Oh, um, can we do four wins? Oh, God. Dude. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do our yeah. light the lamp contest. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Brought to you by our friends at Four Winds Brewing. I got to I gotta make sure I get this name right. So the running joke, Patrick, is on this sponsored segment. He doesn't change his script. I have old ever. scripts. So the other day, I, I can't remember who they were playing, but I just bursted out vancouver's playing anaheim tonight yeah, and I, I didn't hear the end of it for a while so are they playing anaheim tonight no no i've got it right watch this i thought they were playing anaheim tonight no nope. watch this pat vancouver is playing dallas tonight and we want to know who's going to score the first goal for vancouver if you nail it you could win a 25 dollars gift card to the four wins tap room located at 72nd and river road in delta enter by following us on social media keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think We'll light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army or at Canucks Convo on Twitter, at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram, and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about Four Winds Light Light Lager at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. Four Winds was at my wedding. Had them at my wedding. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Pro, pro tip to all the people out there. If you self-cater your wedding, all the... All the stuff you pick up at BCL, you can take it back. Whatever you don't sell, get your money back. Huh. Four Wins was one of the options. It was great. People loved it. Everybody loves themselves from Four Wins, including us. Uh, who do you think is scoring the first goal for those Vancouver Canucks tonight? Brock Besser. Brock Besser? I just I Going with the numbers? Go with the numbers. I'm going with the vibes. P.S. Suter. Tyler Myers, because he's back in his home state. Oh, I like it. He doesn't really call it his home state. Though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but if you check the birthplace. Yeah. yeah, he's from the state yes, of Cologne. State. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going with Pia Suter, actually. Um, 
I I just find it interesting because he was on that goal scoring tear like right before going down with injury, and now he's playing with Elias Pettersson on the top line, yeah. and he's not really being matched up against. Come no, on, no. and he's got a nose for like he knows he's a smart. He's your classic Swiss Swiss player, like mm-hmm. really smart fundamentals. Knows where the net is. Good hands. Oh yeah, three no. points in two games as well for Suter. Hey, the guys, the, the guy scored in tough role in Detroit and tough role in Chicago. Yep. And uh, there's no reason to think you can't carry that on here. Yeah, I think he's going to be a player that we talked about in the summer. I was at the Greater Vancouver Zoo when they made that uh, acquisition. Just I think that's going to be a really good kind of player for them all season long. And I think somebody that's going to really benefit them once it comes to that playoff time. We were talking about what center animals, depth. What animals were you looking oh at? Oh, my gosh. So I saw a giraffe. No, when the, the news happened. Where oh, were you, Dave? What was the weather like? Oh, Which way was the wind blowing? I was walking. Uh, I had passed the Lions. And I was walking around. While you think on that, I, I saw, was it maybe in your article the other day, PJ? Forgive me if I'm wrong, but they were talking to Suter earlier in free agency and he wanted like three no, million bucks yeah, or so. Said that. It wasn't me. They waited him out. They yeah. waited him out and they got him for what? 1.7? Yeah. So and two years. I mean, we, you could, and two years. Too, yeah. Like, you could sort of see that from yeah. the fact when, when he signed and I right. think there was that sort of, you kind of had that impression. Okay. They must've, but yeah, no credit to the Canucks. I mean, this is in the broader picture, you know, talking about like, like I mentioned this, I think yesterday with S and P, but like you talk about the Zordorov, if he's going to get an extension, like you know he wants to get max term, but like the Canucks have a couple different examples here where they have um, kept themselves sort of patient mm. and said this is what we're going to do, and they stuck to it. Maybe they jumped the gun a little bit with the Kuzmenko extension, sure, but even then it was only two years, yep. right? It wasn't like they handed them this massive contract, yep. which I think a previous general manager might have done. We've talked about that so many times on this show, and I know regular listeners of our show don't want me to hear it. So hear I won't go on again. about that, but the fact... But it's accurate. You double down on your mistakes no. is what we saw from the last regime. Yeah. And that, yeah. I know that's not quite what you're talking about because we're not calling Andre Kuzmenko a mistake. No. But, and we're not calling Zadorov a mistake. Right. But, but, but the like, Suter is such a good example of a contract where they said, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. And in the old, you know, Jim Benning literally said it, I think, with Jay Beagle and with Antoine Roussel. Like, yeah. Well, that's what they want. You know, he was nervous that he wasn't going to get the player and essentially at, offered what the player wanted without holding firm, thinking, oh, I won't be able to possibly get another player like this. And we talked about this yesterday, Irf and I, about how Dakota Joshua is a great story. This manager regime has shown that they have an, an eye for pro scouting. Mm-hmm. Their process, which Jim Rutherford actually detailed in your story, mm-hmm. your Q&A yeah. with him, which was fantastic. Uh, he talked about how the pro scouting department comes up with something, then they run it through the analytics department, yeah. and then they make a decision. That yeah. is fundamentally different, and in my understanding, from what the last manager regime well, did in their process. You know, I mean, I think I think about I think it was Jonathan Bates tweeted about it. Like he said, how nice is it to have people actually listen to? He was talking about Judd Brackett yeah. in Minnesota, but like the point stood was that you know, that there was a staff of scouts who didn't have a whole lot of input. And the pro scouts, you know, that they basically had to be given a chance to work here. And quite clearly, the fact that, uh, you know, they found these players is a, is a case in point of exactly that. Like and they, they've been given a chance to work. They've been given some parameters. And they've been delivering. And what, I'm, what I was saying yesterday was you need to go find the next Dakota Joshua rather than paying the Dakota Joshua if it's going to cost. Like if this guy ends up scoring 20 and he's looking for – you know, I don't know, like almost like what they did with Tyler Mott, right? Where they walked away at a yeah. certain point where they said, 
you know what? Sorry. Yeah. I, we know you're a fan favorite. We know we just took yeah. the job in Vancouver yeah. here yeah. and it'd be great to have you extended, but we're not going to be able to do that contract. We're going to trade you for a fourth round pick. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be able to do that. And I, I know I have no doubts that they can do that with a player like Dakota Dasha. They go out, they acquire him, they develop him where there's going to be a point where this right. management regime's okay with walking away from a player like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like as much as you might like the player, you have to be realistic. Can how do we go find the next? Yeah, I mean, exactly. The question was, how do you find the next Tyler Mott? Well, they did that. It's Dakota Joshua. Now, how do you find the next? Yeah. Dakota and Joshua? just on Suter, we were talking about the report. I, I know Dolly. Well, I think it was Dolly Wall that threw this out. Who? I think I was seeing the Flamingos at <gasps> the time. Um, but basically what he said was around the league, it was a one-year deal for Suter. And the Canucks eventually said, yeah, we'll do two years. And then that's what made it an easy decision for PS Suter. And hey, it's looking like a good contract so far for both sides. Do you so guys we'll see just quickly on Joshua? Do you guys think Tockett will be, you know, go to Alvin and be like, we can't let this guy go. Like you have to draw the line in the sand at some point. Might say that, but I also think Rick Tockett really believes in his process, and I think mm-hmm. he believes in the organization's he process of yeah. developing guys as well. Right. Like I think Rick Tockett, and again, not to put words in his mouth, but I think Rick Tockett might say, yeah, go find me the next Dakota Joshua, yeah. or. You know, we I, might have the next Dakota Joshua down in Abbotsford. Yeah, I'm just coming in from the perspective that he's one of the, you know, guys on the team that has some good size and plays totally. pretty physical. Absolutely. And we know how much Talkett likes those guys, especially along the boards there. Yeah, and look, you're probably going to have a playoff run too to see what well, he does. Yeah, I mean, the, it is hard to look away from the results that him and Garland have had. Yeah. Right? Like, and I... I wrote a story about this on the weekend and talked to both of them. And it was, it was neat listening to hear how they talk about each other. And, and I think with Garland understand, he, he clearly understands his own strengths so much better um, and, and how to make himself an effective player. And Joshua recognizes, you know, he's line, he's length, you know, he can get his body in there. Garland can kind of get under you. And then who's ever playing center with them just has to be smart. Um, and they've got a couple smart centers in Bluebeard yep. and Suter who played there. So, you know, the, the, it, it, it doesn't seem that hard once you see it actually execute. But it's been a long time since we've seen an effective third line like this. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it, you can understand why they, they might want to just keep the band together. But mm-hmm. again... The, the reminder is there that, you know, nothing's nothing lasts forever. Yeah. And credit to Ryan Johnson because he was the one who found Joshua the year. Was it one of the COVID years when they had to share their AHL team yeah, with the Blues? Right. Yeah. That's a great contribution. Great. Well, that's I mean, it's a really good point. That's, I mean, it, that's an amazing story. That's fine. You know, that is making lem, making, you know, making lemonade, right? Like that season was so much, that season was, was bananas. And like Ryan Johnson was left to run this team basically on an island because they had to go across the border. Um, they weren't really any hope of any of those guys getting called up. I mean, there, there were a couple obviously roster moves that did happen once they changed the quarantine rules a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like he was sent off. There was basically no, you know, there was almost no funding for that team. Um, they did this combined rostering thing with St. Louis. And a mostly staffing thing from St. Louis. Like it was this weird mix of guys. And yeah, like for him to keep his head up and be like, okay, we're going on, we're going on, pressing on, pressing on, and to say, I really like this kid. This is a really interesting player. And, and keep notes. I mean, that is to their credit. I mean, you look also in the down the road. I mean, Ryan Johnson, a, a guy that 
wanted to do more. I think it's always been clear to me in hindsight. He wanted to do more than what was possible there. There were just too many hats, too many things. He's being asked to do too many things. He wanted to do more for players. That's what they're doing now in Abbotsford. Right. Yeah, and, and now he is the title assistant to and, the general manager. And and in just on your point, you said maybe you know maybe the next year Dakota Joshua is in Abbotsford. Well, that's exactly it, right? Yep. Like that is what is happening now. That was the talk for the longest time: draft and develop, draft and develop. But there wasn't any development. Going yeah, on. for there's, sure, there was nothing happening. Um, but now we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of interesting sort of lower end prospects in Abbotsford, yep. right? And you know, being realistic, most of those guys still aren't going to make it, but. Uh, it's certainly better than it was three, four, five years ago. Undoubtedly. And with Ryan Johnson, almost every time we have an Abbotsford player on, you ask about it. First of all, they get glowing reviews, but I can't remember who it was. I think it was Willannon. I think it was Willannon. I shouldn't say I know for sure. But that player, whoever it was, came on and basically said, yeah, in my opinion, Ryan Johnson could be an NHL GM whenever he wants to. Like, if he wanted to be an NHL GM right now, he probably could be one. Well, it's another thing you notice anytime I talk to him. Um the, the comfort level he has in explaining what, what they do and what's going on. He's a sharp guy. He's a really sharp guy. Um, he's seen a lot, you know, and I think he seems like a guy who's become very conscious of, you know, what works and also being conscious of what doesn't work and zoning in on how to make things better and how to, how to keep your players involved. And it's, it's a, it's a cross organizational thing right now. Um, you know, I go back to that story I wrote about Adam Foot a few weeks ago, and and Foot talked a lot about realizing, you know, we they, in in um, in uh, um, education they call it student centered learning, right? But it's the same thing for these guys. Mm-hmm. Like their whole lives are used to knowing what's going on around them, having an understanding of the process they're in the middle of, and it's very clear to me that Johnson gets that. Like, oh, for sure. Talks so much about the players needing to know what the point is. Why am I doing this? What's the point? What do I get out of this? Where, where am I going to get to if I do this? The Ian Clark School of Coaching. He well, lasted through the regime change too, well, and which you don't often yeah. see. Yeah. But it's a speak, and it speaks to it speaks to exactly that, right? Like like Jim Rutherford showed up, was kind of handed, okay, here's who's left, and you know, you if you remember that first season, he talked endlessly about how important Ryan was. Mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan and Stan Smeal were the kind of institutional knowledge, and didn't have a cap guy, right? Like Jonathan Wall and Chris Gear were let go. They had been the cap guys and and how to do recalls. Like Ryan Johnson at least knew the process from the AHL side, right? And he had to step in. And there that if you you know don't forget, like almost right away, the Canucks, the whole league, I mean Omicron comes in, right? The whole league is now dealing with the whole new COVID crisis. And he did a had to do a lot of managing through all that and mm-hmm. and and figuring things out and and um did a lot of legwork for in the early days for for this current regime. I mean, he's he's and 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 has carried on with that. Like he is rightly considered one of the key guys there. Yeah, uh, and just one thing that I always remember about Ryan Johnson is one time he did an interview with Faber. Uh, Who? He, yeah, I know. Um, I don't know if Faber's gonna let me tell him this story, but it's okay. They work together now. Yeah. They'll have a good laugh about it, I'm sure. But we had it was more so me that noticed it. But Ryan had a quote where he was like. He's an intense guy, right? And he was talking about how, you know, the benefits of meeting people face to face. And he's like, I want to see the whites of a man's eye. And we were like, jeez, dude. Okay. All right. And anyway, the funny thing is, is that Ryan isn't, he is, but he isn't. Like, he's just, he wants that, like, like he's using that because he wants to see the person. Yes, absolutely. That's, it's a, it's a just fun, very quote. intense the way it's he a said very it. Very intense quote of someone who's like, I think a very caring, compassionate person who wants to win, right? 
but not a guy that's like kind of fire and brimstone. But also, are you a man? But let's remember the player Ryan Johns too. Like the dude used to eat pucks yeah. on the penalty kill. Like he was yeah. a proficient yeah. penalty killer. How would you remember these things, David? You were just you YouTube were exists, man. I go back and I watch my uh, watch my Coco Melon and my 2011 highlights. Go, all that that I need. This must be so many Ryan Johnson shot blocking videos. It's on YouTube, nuts. Eh? That's right. So many compilations. It's all he did. Yeah. Uploaded by Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. Yeah. This turned out to be a bit of a longer episode than we hoped for on a game day. Uh, but with that, let's get to our Betway bet of the day. I'm feeling it tonight, folks. I'm a vibes guy. The Vancouver Canucks to win tonight against us this is 2019 the dallas stars have not won a game against those vancouver Ducks since 2019 i'm surprised the line's this high especially with demko versus wedgwood in goal 2019 the year everybody had to start wearing deodorant what because he hit puberty anyways oh. bad jokes with quads uh ten dollar bet over Brady, i'm not coming back at plus 120 odds Me neither returns you 22 dollars uh, over at Betway. It must be 90 plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. Grady, you've got some new responsibilities as we close out the show here. You've got a puppy. How did the first night go? The people want to know. Uh, well, I didn't sleep yeah. and kind of drifted in and out. Uh, caffeine has fueled me through the day today. I'm going to hustle and bustle to get out of here and will probably fall asleep during the second period or so. So. Yeah, she's. Uh, we thought we were getting a male. Turns out we got a female. It's a basset hound. We have decided on a name. It's Matilda, but we're gonna call her Tilly. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah, that's so a good name. There will. We might have to get a camera set up at my condo, and we can. Oh, we can Tilly cams. Uh, yeah, Tilly cam right. and Bert cam. Yeah, the Bert Coming cams soon. To the Canucks conversation. Bert cams were very popular when Bert was a puppy, and now there's there's no Bert cams because Bert doesn't always sleep in a crate anymore because he's grown <laughs> up a little bit. Growing up right before my eyes, he's about to turn a year old. But anyways, uh, Tilly and Bert will hang out at some point, yes. I'm sure. And it'll be good content. Patrick, thank you for doing this, my friend. Had a lot of fun. I Thanks for time. putting up with us, hey, PJ. Grady, anytime. What about me, anytime? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, thank you for doing this, Pat. Uh, it was a lot of fun. For my guest co-host, Patrick Johnson, and our technical producer, Grady Sass, my name is Dave Gugelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads every weekday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check it out on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. And if you missed it, go check it out on your favorite podcast catcher app. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 